the ultimate goal for us is can we replace our W-2 income with passive income through real estate and allow us to have the financial and the time freedom that is ultimately what we're looking at. I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants the freedom to control their own time. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss, as always, and it is great to be here today with Lauren Stewart. How are you today? Hi, Yona. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to have you here on the show. You know, there's been a lot going on in your life, I'm sure, over the past couple of years, and I just love to hear you know, how you got started in real estate specifically, because I think your background is is more in medicine. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep, that's correct. I am a PA. I've been practicing in dermatology for the last 14 years. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's been a while. So I've been doing that. I still love dermatology. I'm still practicing today, although I am part-time now. My husband is in software development, so totally different field. And we started in real estate about... Three, three years ago, you know, we're just normal people with normal jobs. We don't come from money. We didn't have all this, you know, inheritance to spend. We had just saved a little bit. And about three years ago, we had a little bit of cash saved and we decided, you know, we really need to invest this somewhere. We need to do something with it. And we had kind of three options we were looking at. One was renovate the house. So I needed and still need a new kitchen. So that was Option one was kitchen and windows for the house. Option two was the ever popular VTSAX and chill. So that was kind of my husband's initial leaning. He wanted to just stick it in a brokerage account and have it there. You know, we've we've always been pretty good about putting away money for retirement, but we also thought, okay, if we want to retire earlier at some point, then we may want to start putting money aside that we can use before 65. So we looked at that. And then the third option was real estate. And so we had no idea about anything. We were looking at a long-term rental. We were, I don't know what we were, Micah wanted to buy an apartment complex, all all sorts of things. So where'd you you hear about this stuff from? I mean, being, what would you have friends or other people that you knew that were involved in real estate investing? I think initially we started listening to bigger pockets and I think that's Micah had gotten into, he's always been a big podcast fan. So he had started listening to bigger pockets. We were interested in some of that. We had kind of gotten on board with some of the fire movement and this idea that, hey, wouldn't it be awesome if we didn't have to work until 65, if we could figure out a way to retire early or work part-time or work for ourselves, you know, just kind of dreaming initially and kind of re-envisioning what our life could look like. But what really got us there was we have friends that had a short-term rental in Indiana and they strictly rent on Airbnb. And they started talking about like, Hey, have you guys thought about doing a short-term rental? We have this short-term rental and it does great. And it's in Cincinnati and they gave us all their numbers. And we thought, well, man, if they can do it, then why not us? So right. we started looking around. We started looking at all different markets. And Micah is actually the one who settled on the Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg area. 
neither one of us had ever been, so had never been to the area until we had already put an offer on a cabin. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty pretty bold. That's good. Yeah. So we put an offer on, we didn't end up getting the first one, but I flew out there for that one. Thought, what in the world are we doing buying a cabin in the middle of Tennessee (laughs) and ended up getting one, buying it sight unseen and the rest is history. So that's kind of what got us started into it. Jumped in with both feet. We've managed ourselves from day one. So we've had to learn the entire industry on our own, but this is the age of technology. You can learn anything that you want to learn on the internet. That is true. That is so true. Especially when it comes to, you know, real estate, there are so many people out there teaching about it and Mm -hmm. especially Airbnbs. I mean, it seems like nowadays, you, know, you guys got into this, you know, close to three years ago. This is mm-hmm. something that has become much more available and widespread. And I think so many more people getting into this space, which probably explains partially at least why there has been so much appreciation, especially mm-hmm. in demand, especially in the, the markets that you guys invested in out there in the Smoky Mountains. I mean, that's, it's just become. Yeah crazy. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Cause I know, I know you personally have a little bit of a story about that because you guys took, give us a, if you wouldn't mind going into a little bit of details and going sight unseen, because sounds like something, you know, from your background, this is really something anyone can do, right? Definitely. Anyone can do it. We're not special people. We're just normal average people. We had about $80,000 saved. So that that's my, that's like our initial investment was about 80,000 down into a property. We had taken a small 401k loan just to have a little bit of reserve money for operating costs and things like that, just to have that there, which we've since paid back. But all in all, we were maybe a hundred thousand in that's all we've ever put into the business. So we, we started with that. We put 80,000 down on a five bedroom cabin. We kind of my husband is the like, go big or go home person. So it was like, <laughs> what's the biggest cabin we can buy with our money. And so right. we, we really stretched our budget. We found this great cabin. We bought it. We got it up and running. We started renting it out. It was immediately profitable. We never had to put any more money into that. It paid for itself. And then 20 hit. So we bought this in November, 2019, Right. <laughs> booked up our calendar. We're like thinking we we're doing awesome. And then March, 2020, we were actually in the cabin. So we were staying there when everything shut down wow. and our entire calendar for the year got completely wiped out. Wow. And we thought, you know, man, we planned for everything except a pandemic, like never <laughs> right. in a million yeah, no years did we plan for 0% occupancy in our first year, like what is going to happen? And so we had two really scary months and then things started to open up again. And all of a sudden, you know, calendar booked up again, because then people were like, get us out of the house. And honestly, rent short-term rentals became really ideal because instead of going to a hotel or a public place, you could go to a private home and you weren't exposed to the public. And so we, we booked up, we ended the year fine. And then the real estate market kind of did what it did. And in 2021, we were kind of figuring out, okay, what's our next step? We bought a little bit of land out there to develop. And we thought, you know, we're not sure if we want to do that. And the market had appreciated so much that we figured, well, the best way to really grow at this point is to sell the property. Mm -hmm. And we had already, it had already gone up in value. We paid about 575 for that cabin and we sold it a year and a half later for 950. Wow. So it went up in value we took that money, we did a 1031 exchange, we split the money and we used that 200,000 each to put two down payments on two more cabins. Wow. So that's how we grew and we've been managing those two and then we actually just sold 
one of those a couple of months ago, because again, the market has just continued to climb. So all in all, we took about $100,000. And as of today, that business is worth a little over 1.5 million. So it's really taken off. It's just completely changed our lives. And then of course, in the process of that, learned about tax shelters and how, you know, just the tax benefits of owning short-term rentals and that side of things as well. That's incredible. What's amazing to me is how, you know, it's seemingly so simple, but I mean, what you guys have done and, you know, there were sure outside factors that contributed. There was obviously, you know, the crazy hot real estate markets that appreciated your property by, you know, close to 200, you know, 200%. I mean, that's, that's incredible. But also the fact that, you know, there are other people out there and you teaching and, you know, learning this business. Yes. I'm sure you guys learned a lot on your own, but I know for a fact, there's like all these resources out there and communities Mm -hmm. that just help to, you know, to pick up on these little things here and there to just make your business even better. Mm -hmm. Now, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I really feel like it's not that hard to be better than most people. Like all it really takes is the commitment to learn about something, to spend some time researching and learning about a business or a market or whatever it may be. And then the willing to work just a little bit harder than most people. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to kill yourself, but if you'll just put a little more effort into it, then, I mean, it's not hard. We took the two that we bought were both, they were both second homes. So they were not rentals. And we were able to be really profitable with those because we got a good deal on them. And then we were able to come in and renovate them and get them rental ready and work a little bit harder than somebody who was like, oh, I just want something turnkey that I don't have to do anything with. Mm. Putting that extra little bit of sweat equity in and that little bit more of effort has been really game changer for us. And there's a lot of people out there who are just going to do the bare minimum to get by. And if you're just willing to work a little harder than they are, it's really not hard to be good at it and to be successful at it. That's a really good point. I think a lot of you're absolutely right. Plenty of people want to just you know, have the easy route and <laughs> mm-hmm. take the easy route and get rich over that. But I mean, you guys have put in the time and the effort to not only learn the business, but like you said, make the properties more desirable, more profitable. And the fact that they have an Airbnbs in general cash flow like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure... How has that contributed to, and I know you did touch on it briefly at the beginning, how has that you know, contributed to changing your lifestyle and just having all this huge amount of extra income? <laughs> so each cabin that we've had has been roughly about 50,000 in net profits every year, which is amazing. You're not going to ever have that kind of cash flow in a long-term rental. It comes with a lot more headache. We're actively managing. So that means we're not paying a 30% cut to a property manager. So that means we have to be on call. We have to be available. We have to do all, you know, check in, check out. Now, obviously we're out of state. So we manage that from a distance. We Mm -hmm. have an amazing cleaner who does a really great job for us. We have a handyman, you know, we have all the people in place that we need, but we haven't taken any of that money for ourselves. So all of the profit we've made thus far has gone back into the business. We've used it to upgrade. We used it to buy some land. We have 22 acres out there. We have continually reinvested that money. And it's very tempting to take that money and up our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But we ideally like to get to a point where we've grown that wealth and that equity enough where we can live off of it in a more passive type of investment. And that's really 
the ultimate goal for us is can we replace our W-2 income with passive income through real estate and allow us to have the financial and the time freedom that is ultimately what we're looking at. I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants the freedom to control their own time. Right. I mean, have you guys figured out a plan, like a game plan of how long or how many properties it'll take to get there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Initially we had this kind of thought of, which is why we bought the land. If we had five properties, we could just manage those and we could quit our jobs. And that was the plan. And then we started getting interested into more passive investments, you know, different type of tax write-offs, more hands-off. You know, I kind of decided at some point, I don't want to have to like handhold every guest for every property. Like that, that's still a job. It's yeah. still, it still ties me to my phone all day, which I sort of hate. So we've shifted that and we have a game plan and we have shifted. That's why we've sold one of those cabins. We've moved that money into a syndication through a real estate company. And the goal is if we can get a certain number invested passively, we can replace our income and we can be completely hands-off. So we've got a a, like a three to five-year plan to do that. It's already allowed me to work part-time. My husband is has taken the summer off from work. He's changing jobs. And so it gives us the financial freedom for him to just take the summer off to be home with the kids and rethink things and take a little bit of a sabbatical. So it's really opened a lot of doors for us. That's amazing. It's really incredible. Just in a couple short years, yeah. how something like real estate, you know, what would have happened had you put that money into, you know, into the brokerage <laughs> account, right? Or remodeled the kitchen, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> if we had remodeled the kitchen, then we would be no better off. We'd both be working. I'd be working probably three days a week and my husband would be still working full-time for sure. Like we would be no better off financially, no closer to financial independence by any means. If we had put it into VTSAX, we did the math on that. And that we did that before all of the craziness in the past couple of months. So when things were actually still really good in the Mm -hmm. stock market. And I think that $100,000 would be like $150,000 now instead of $1.5 So yeah, I'm like, hindsight is 2020. And we could be in a totally different place. Our lives could look totally different right now. And we're really thankful that we got into real estate when we did. So it's a little bit crazy, to be honest. It is. It is a little bit crazy. (laughs) It is, but but it's incredible at the same time. I think there's so many lessons from that. I mean, just the delayed gratification is one of the greatest lessons that, you know, you can live by to, you know, just really think things through and and think about your future and not just, "Mm, I want this thing now. And sure, we all want to be comfortable and we all want to have like Mm -hmm. a nice, a nice life. But at the end of the day, if you're thinking about long-term, you want to make sure you make the right moves. And it's a little strategic in that way. I like, we're fine. My husband is fine driving a you know, 2006 Toyota Tundra until we're at the point where we can get whatever we want. And you know what I mean? It's like, I don't need this great, amazing kitchen right now. I need to get my finances in order and get myself where I want to be. And then we can do what we want. You know, we can travel, we can take more time off, but my time is more valuable than, than things. Building assets instead of just building stuff is, you know, Hugely, I mean, that's a rich dad, poor dad thing for sure. sure. But like, that's like a very important concept that's made a lot of sense to me. But you know, when we had my our first, so my oldest is eight years old, and right after he was born, I had taken an unpaid maternity leave. My husband had just changed careers, and like we were in the negative, right? We were, we still had, you know, home, we still had debt, we still had car payments. Our bank account was like zero because we had used it all for maternity leave. 
I mean, it really wasn't that long ago that, I mean, probably six years ago, we were like net worth zero, like finally got back to zero of like paid off all the debt. Now we're at zero. So I kind of want to encourage people who are starting out in the journey. Like it doesn't take your whole lifetime to do this. You just have to make some smart moves and be disciplined and not up your lifestyle every time your paycheck goes up a little bit. Yeah. hundred percent. I couldn't agree with that more. And it is true, right? It does not take a long time, but like you said, it does take a lot of discipline. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, having that, even having the, I mean, to save up a hundred thousand dollars or $80,000 or whatever that was, that takes time. I mean, if you, you know, you have jobs, you have a family, you have, I'm sure you still have payments and things like that. You have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. It takes time to build that up. And I think it's smart to do that because once you have that amount and you learn, you educate yourself, you can put it to use. On that point, I'm just curious, as the years have you know gone by and as you guys progress, you mentioned your husband was into the Beat Your Pockets podcast. Like, what are you guys doing to continually educate yourselves on this business and, and real estate in general and the financial freedom of the specific podcasts or groups that you're part of? We listen to a lot of podcasts. My husband is big into all sorts of different, he listens to stuff from nomad capitalists where, where he's like, let's buy citizenship in another country <laughs> to, I mean, he's all over the place with that. I listen to a lot of books. So I love finance books. I have listened to so many different people. I think for me, I've always worked for somebody else mm-hmm. and the business is the first time where I've worked for myself and that kind of entrepreneurial drive was sort of lit and then satisfied of getting to do that. And so I've listened to a lot of books about just business and finance and real estate. And that just, it's not necessarily that I'm looking for somebody to tell me what to do. I'm really listening to how are people thinking that's different than just the average person? You know, the average person thinks of, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get a paycheck, I'm going to spend my paycheck. And then, you know, when I'm 65, I'm going to use my retirement and I'm going to retire. And I love listening to people who just think totally outside the box. And they're thinking, how can I make my money work for me? What is it that I really want in life? What, you know, what does that look like? What does my ideal life look like? Mm-hmm. And then how can I take practical steps to get there? And I, I kind of, I love that, like just challenging that thinking and being challenged myself for sure. I love that. That's awesome. That's amazing. There are so many, and you're absolutely right. Once that entrepreneurial kind of fire is lit inside of you, mm-hmm. you know, I honestly believe that can be lit inside of anyone and everyone. It's not something that's mm-hmm. limited to you know, to certain types of people. Yes, maybe there are, you know, there's personality tests and things like that. You know, certain types of people maybe lend themselves better to to that. But, you know, if you have the discipline, you have the the desire, at least the thirst for for education mm-hmm. and curiosity, which everyone does have. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of kind of fulfilling that. Anyone can do this. It really, it's really true. So I love that you're, you know, focusing your education on just reading more books and there's so many out there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so this three to five year plan. Now I'm, I am curious about one thing that we didn't touch on yet, which is something to do with chickens. <laughs> so part of our education, Micah kind of got me into Jordan Peterson and his whole like imagine your ideal life kind of a thing. 
And the older I get, the more, the more I realize like, I don't want an extravagant life. That's not my goal. I don't want a yacht. I don't want to drive crazy, nice car. Like that's none of that appeals to me. I want a simple life. So the things that bring me joy in life are, you know, spending time with my family, being outdoors. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, kind of this I don't know, return to your roots kind of a thing. I love to work in the dirt, like to be outside, to garden, to grow, you know, and the kind of the business side is the same thing, like taking an idea and growing it and seeing that come to fruition. And gardening for me is kind of one of those things of like, we hardly eat what I grow because in Texas, you can only grow so many things. And it's like not even stuff we really like to eat. My husband says I garden for the rabbits, which is probably mostly true, but I garden because I enjoy it. I like to plant the seeds and see it grow and prune and then see the fruit of your labor and be out there. So all of that to say during COVID, when we had a lot of time and we were kind of reimagining our lives, we got chickens. So we kind of thought, why not? Why not have backyard chickens? It's allowed in our area. We get fresh eggs every day and it kind of satisfies this weird backyard homesteading thing that I have. I'm not any good at homesteading, but I enjoy trying. And so we have six chickens and they live in the backyard and we get eggs. And that's part of like, become a little bit of my identity. Like now I'm a chicken mom, right? Like that's (laughs) Chicken people are a very specific type of people and they're just salt of the earth, you know, people and it's really fulfilling. So again, like one of those things, like, can you find what brings you joy in life? Can you find what brings you fulfillment and pursue those things and not just get caught up in the rat race of, you know, I need more money. I need to make more money. I need to spend more money. You know, maybe some of the simple things in life are just as fulfilling and kind of ground you again and bring you back to kind of what's important in life. 100%. There's, you know, there is a little bit of a, you know, a minimalist side to all of us. And I think just fulfilling that actually brings you closer to, you know, maybe brings you closer to God, brings you closer to your family, brings you closer to, you know, who your true self is, because, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of getting back to your roots in a sense. And there's a lot of known health and psychological benefits for gardening. I mean, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Like everyone, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, even clinical research on that kind of stuff. So it sounds like you're doing good, doing well and on the right path. So I'm, I'm very, very happy to hear that. I want to transition now to what we call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests, Lauren. First question to you is what's the worst job that you ever had? This is a hard one for me because I feel like I've never had a really bad job by far the hardest job I've ever had is being a mom, but that's obviously not the worst job because (laughs) that's also like the most fulfilling job. So it's really hard to say. Maybe when I worked as a summer camp counselor in the Texas 110 degree heat, I mean, it was fun, but also super miserable. So that's probably like up there and some of the worst jobs, but it was also super fun. So I can't say I've ever had a really bad one. Right. The truth is, I actually, when I asked myself these questions, that was one of my answers also, just as being a camp counselor, although it was super fun, <laughs> it came with a, you know, a lot of a lot of hardships as well. Yeah. Really hard. Really hard. Yeah. Okay. So second question, and you mentioned you read a lot of books or listened to a lot of books. What's one book that has actually given you a paradigm shift? So by far my favorite book in the finance world, and just that has completely shifted my thinking in the last year is Die With Zero. So I don't know if that's a book you're familiar with. 
Bill Perkins, he is a speaker and he does his own audiobook. So I highly recommend if you like audiobooks, listening to the audiobook because, you know, it's his own voice. I really love when authors read their own books. I right. feel like you kind of like hear their intonation, which changes a little bit what they're saying. But his whole premise is that when you are old and frail, you don't need millions of dollars. You aren't going to be spending millions of dollars. You're going to accumulate all this wealth and then it's going to do you no good because people in their 80s don't spend very much money. And so his whole point is just on using your money earlier in life, kind of figuring out how much money you really need, and then going back down from there, giving while you're alive, giving your children their inheritance when they're younger, and it can benefit them the most. Taking the vacations, doing those things, you know, it's not try to die when, you know, don't be broke when you die. That's not the point. The point is just dying with zero regrets. And Mm. it just kind of changed my perception on why am I trying to build wealth? Like, what's my goal behind that? Do I need a hundred million dollars to be happy? No, I probably need a much smaller amount than that to be, you know, fulfilled and be able to live the lifestyle that I want and really kind of thinking through what do I really need? And what does that look like? Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, the book is the first time I'm hearing of it, but the concepts for sure, you know, ring true. And, you know, even the greatest, uh, the wisest of all men, King Solomon said in uh, Ecclesiastes, that's the weird name for it, but the (laughs) Hebrew name is Kohelis. So I I read all the stuff in the original Hebrew, but he said that, yeah, there there are some people, they gather wealth their whole life and then it does them no good in the end. And it's really, you know, about using it and spending it and giving it away. That for sure is true. So we definitely put that on the book list and move that up. So anyone wants to check that out, that will be in the show notes. So make sure to look for die with zero. Third question, what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I should have thought this one through more. What is a skill or talent I would like anything. to learn? You know, I don't know what I would like to go back to, which is something that I wouldn't have to learn. I would just have to relearn is that at one point in my life before children, music was a really big part of my life. I played guitar, I sang, and you know, I've been busy. I've been working. I had three kids and I've lost some of that. So something I would like to, a skill I would like to kind of relearn would be to go back to guitar and music and kind of reincorporating that into my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Music can do tremendous things for family and for children also. So Totally agree. That's a good one. And it's a very common answer also, believe it or not, to for okay. the Weiss Advice guests. So we may actually, there's talk of putting together a Weiss Advice band. So we may Oh, have. yeah. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> An orchestra at this point. So fourth and final question. I know you've touched on a lot of these points already, but the question is, what does success mean to you? So success to me is really and truly your freedom of time. It's being able to spend your time the way that you want to spend your time. To me, success is not a number. It's not a house. It's not a thing. Success is being in a place in life where you can control your time and Mm. you can decide who you want to spend it with and how you want to spend it and not having to worry about the ramifications of that. So having the resources to be able to do that well. Awesome. Amazing. I love it. A lot of variations of of the same answer we get on this show, but it just goes to show you that that's a lot of people feel this way. This is really what it's all about. So appreciate you sharing and appreciate you spending the time with us today. This is great. A lot of fun, a lot of insights. Last question really is where can our listeners find you or reach out to you if they want to? (laughs) 
So up and coming, but going back to the chicken thing, I do have an Instagram I'm putting together right now. It's at real estate chicken. And so I wanted to incorporate some of my backyard homesteading, but also just coming from background in medicine, I am a naturally risk averse person and kind of being a real estate chicken and being afraid to get into it and wishing that I had overcome those fears earlier in life and that I had jumped in sooner. And so there's, it will hopefully be kind of a page about just getting started and what that looks like. And just some general advice with, you know, chickens thrown in there for you, real chickens. Yeah. Don't <laughs> do be a both. chicken. Don't, don't <laughs> right. be a chicken. That, I love Don't that. be a chicken, <laughs> you know, but it's fun to have chicken. You can have chickens. Be a chicken. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you you coming on the show and thanks for your time today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you guys again for joining all the way to the end. And remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.